Um, so I introduced my kids to uh, OK Go today. I don't know what that is. You know the band OK Go? They do all the interesting music videos. Like the first one where they're all four dancing on treadmills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I showed them like the Rube Goldberg machine one. Yeah. Which is super cool. And then we watched this one where they're driving in a car. And this is wild. And they first start driving in the car and they're all just like hitting parts of the car inside. And it's like making the percussion. And you're like, okay, this is interesting. And then they start driving. And at first there's these little flappies on the bottom. And as they're going over this track, there's nails sticking up. And it's hitting the little keys and like playing the notes of the song. But then they pick up speed and come off of that. And there's just all these pianos lined up. And there's this stick on the side of their car that just hits the pianos and plays the chord to the beat as they're driving. And then like they're driving through these custom made tunnels where there's like other parts sticking off the car, striking all these different stuff to like play the song as they're driving. It's so cool. It, now I remember the Rube, uh, Rube Goldberg Rube machine. Goldberg machine. That was hard to say. It was. I remember that and I remember the treadmill video. I guess they kind of fell off for me after that. Um, maybe. There's one where they're in a zero-gravity plane. Hmm. It's amazing. Interesting. Uh, I feel like they would have a really interesting career tra- trajectory. Mm-hmm. I feel like this, this is just kind of what they do. They make lots of, like, there's, like, lots of, like, optical illusion ones where they're, like, in this big warehouse walking around and moving the camera in certain ways to make different patterns and optical illusions which is really cool um okay i'll have to check out okay go again i kind of forgot they existed big fun i wonder if there's a one-hit wonderland about them i feel like they're still going oh it doesn't mean they're not a one-hit wonder hansen's still going but even i have to admit they're a one-hit wonder you know who was never a one-hit wonder who the exits they were a no-hit wonder (laughs) no the exits were a no-hit wonder (laughs) but I mean, the, the treadmill song, I don't even remember the name of anymore. Here we go again. Here we go again. Yep. Here we go again. Yep, okay. Um, that's that's their only hit. Everything else you kind of have to have found, right? Um, I don't know. I think they're big on YouTube because their videos are wild. Well, I, yeah, I guess I'm thinking about them as a musician. They're probably fairly successful to maybe even largely successful YouTubers. They're on Sesame Street. Are they the Try Guys? Is that Did they just become the Try Guys? I'm not sure who the Try Guys are. They try things. Do they? I mean, I I would assume that's it. (laughs) Yeah. I do watch a channel called Try, though I do not believe it's the Try Guys, and it's just Irish people trying things. I like the accents. That's fun. It is fun. Accents are fun. We're going to do the rest of this show in an accent. Govna? If we learned anything from our tabletop RPG episode, I can't can't do accents. That's just because you want to believe in yourself. I, I don't believe in myself. I don't. I think my accent was like three different things. It was kind of. Okay. Anyway, let's get on with the show. We need a dialect coach. Do we? Yeah. I want to. I want to learn how to do an accent. I want a Hawaiian pigeon accent right now. No. Greyhound, unless someone real decides to sponsor us. This is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. <laughs> Did I start that a little suddenly on you? Yeah, it was perfect, though, because I didn't really know where we were going. Um, so who knows what our audience just heard. I don't know where I'm going to cut that up to make it fun. It's already fun. Yeah. All unedited. All right. Well, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. Been good. a long time. Yeah. It's been but a long time. We're we're back. We are officially now in the holiday season. Oh no. It's the holiday season. No, stop this. And whoop de doo and dickery duck. Why is Don't this happening? Don't forget to hang up your sock. Just exactly at twelve o'clock. He'll be coming down the chimney down. Twenty five days of Christmas is too long. Twelve days of Christmas Can't is too long. Can't people just be happy, chance? What? Does, Can't you let people just be happy? Does Christmas really make people happy? I think some people. But, mm, I'm no. not saying in general. I think the over-commercialization and general hyper-capitalist nature that drives the holiday isn't great. But I think there's some simple joys to be had. Like and we what? can't say, no, you may not enjoy your lights or your eggnogs or your time with friends and family. No, I say go for it. 
I mean, you can do all those things and enjoy them year-round for all I care. I'm just saying, nothing makes people more selfish and self-centered and only interested in the circles that they're in than the holidays. That might be true. I mean, maybe it's too many years of retail and not having a family of my own speaking, but man, are people self-centered in the holidays. It's true. I remember working back in our Hastings days. Mm -hmm. Just rough. It is. And, yeah, there is no peace on earth or goodwill towards men. There's me. Me. Give Why, me. What do you mean this coupon doesn't work anymore? What do you mean I can't return this? Lots of fun. Lots of fun stuff. I feel like I'm being more of a Scrooge than I normally am. He really is. Because I'm not... I never have a problem with other people enjoying holidays. I just don't. He said humbug at least four times since he's coming to my house today. I don't even get that reference because I don't watch The Christmas Carol. Oh, I see. <laughs> All right, then. The Muppet I've, Christmas Carol? Muppet Christmas Carol. I think good. I've seen The Muppet Christmas Carol. I think that's the only one I've seen. And then, like, there's the Christmas Carol Boy Meets World episode. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's diffused in the culture. Yeah. Like, even without having seen the actual thing. I saw, like, five minutes of the Jim Carrey one. I never have. Like, five minutes and I was done. Why do people enjoy the movie Polar Express? I don't know. I honestly don't. It's Uncanny Valley for me. I watch it and I am just... I don't know what the plot is. It's its just a lot of noise to me. It's a boy losing his belief in Santa. Going and meeting Santa. Yeah, I'm not sure. Sort of. It. I don't know. We watch it a lot at school. I think I own it because we watch it at school and rather than renting it, I just bought it really cheap on Amazon. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's... Yeah, it's Uncanny Valley. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, you know, this has been our most contentious season. I'm just coming for you. The Jim Carrey Grinch is terrible. It is awful. It is noise nonstop. And it's not even, it's not pleasant noise. It just needs to go away. The original cartoon is fine. I will. Original cartoon? The Grinch? Oh, The Grinch. For some reason I was thinking Jim Carrey the night before, or the Christmas Carol. I only saw five minutes of that. Yeah, I don't really care for the live-action Grinch. I've seen a little bit of the um, new Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch, Hmm. and it's pretty good. Uh, I was about to say something I shouldn't. Appreciate Uh, it. Someone I know is very, very fond of the new Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch. She she says it's the best one there is. Okay. Thank you for your restraint. (laughs) Say, the Grinch is dumb, and then... I don't know. I don't, the, the original cartoon is fine. It's yeah, the, cute. The, yeah, it's whatever. Nice. The book is good. The Jim Carrey Grinch is maybe the most obnoxious movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. It, it It is just constant noise. There's an entire scene that's just a close-up of his face while people shove stuff into his face with over-the-top sound effects. It's <laughs> awful. Yeah, I, I don't really care for it. Even as a kid, um, wasn't a fan. Anyway... Enough about why Chance hates Christmas and all the things he doesn't like. Let's talk about something we do like, and that's Boy Meets World. What you're actually here for. When this boy meets world. If you... You know, I was thinking about our last episode, and if people stuck with us after the Pokemon episode, last week was nothing. Yeah, last week was nothing. It had less to do with Boy Meets World than the Pokemon episode, but I feel like it was maybe more relatable. Yes, and I, I honest to goodness, I know I made it up, I know I'm biased. I think Time Loop Day is a lot of fun. If you're out there and you can't go home for the holidays, try Time Loop Day. It's great. Yeah. Who doesn't love breakfast burritos Uh, and time loops? Well, breakfast burritos, psychopaths. Psychopaths do not like them. I guess if you're allergic to, like, eggs or something. Oh, that just made me sad. Vegans. I mean, you could do other things here at Vegan. It's true. Nothing in my breakfast burrito is vegan, though. The tortilla? Well, I guess the tortilla. Maybe. Um, anyway... We're putting that behind us now, and we're talking about the reason that we're here. The reason for the season. Yes. This episode of Boy Meets World. Yes. Episode 304. Full of Christmas cheer. He said, she said. Yeah. No Christmas cheer. Wouldn't it have been wonderful if we had, like, timed these out so that we'd be starting a Christmas episode right now? Yeah. We're not that smart. We didn't do that. You listeners by now know that we're just kind of two dummies kind of making our way through this. Might as well call us chuckleheads. Might as well. I don't know why you wouldn't. But anyway, here we are. It's my synop, right? It's yours. Because you had the intro. Give us that synop. All right. So this episode is not just one story. It's not even two stories. Not even three stories. There are four separate storylines happening in this episode. Yes, there are. Um, 
the main one that gets kind of the byline, like on Disney Plus, it says, Sean feels overwhelmed by school, which I suppose is true, but we never really see him in school much to be overwhelmed by it. But he's skipping class a lot, trying to figure some things out, and he goes to meet with the guidance counselor, and she gives him some advice, which he takes very close to heart, um, and he tries to skip town. And in the meantime, Eric's trying to get his way into college through some unseemly means. Um, Griff and Harley meet for the first time. And Eli and Turner have a couple of lovely scenes about some stuff in his class. Hilarity really ensues quite a bit in three-fourths of the storylines, I think. Okay. The Sean one, not quite as much. Okay. But the other three, I think, were really funny. I think I think you and I might end up disagreeing on this episode. I think so. This Notes of Panga, though. Yeah, again with the Notes of Panga. We're just going to come right out and say it, what in the world? Um, How is there Notes of Panga in this episode? Yeah, and I know it's not even that much of a Corey-focused episode. I mean, well, all that being said, there probably is too much going on in this episode. It's like literally every other character in the show has a moment. Yeah, no Alan. He's there. When is he there? Oh, yeah. In Eric's thing. Um, I guess we should probably go from the least consequential story to the most. Yeah. So, Eli? Actually, Eric's only has two scenes. Eli's got three. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He's got the basket scene. Oh, right. The uh, recording scene and the you didn't... Make uh, the cut scene. Made the cut scene. So, Eric's only got two. Okay, we'll start with Eric. Um, well, I mean, it does tie in with the Feeny and her, uh, Eli first scene. I mean, kind of the uh, three three sets of characters moments start in about one scene, and then they just kind of branch off randomly. Uh-huh. So let's let's start there with the opening scene. Feeney is carrying some gift baskets, mm-hmm. and he hands one to Eli, and Eli's like, "Oh, is this for making it through my first week?" Mm-hmm. So I know it's been a week. I guess probably Monday, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Friday, um, Monday, maybe Friday. It's gotta be Monday because they see him the next day. But. It's Harley says he's breaking out on Tuesday. But that was fake. Right. But it's like, is this Monday? Is it the same day? I don't think it's the same day. I think it's the next day that Harley shows up. Yes, I think so too. So if it was Monday and he said he's skipping out on Tuesday, he wouldn't show up on Tuesday. He would. But he was he he breaks out a week early. So who who knows? Who knows? It is a day of the week that is not Friday. A nondescript day of the week that's not Friday. We, I think we can assume Monday. Eli's yeah, he made it through his week. first week. He says we've talked a lot about what day of the week it is. It's, it doesn't matter. But this is a timeline podcast. We've got to do we? <laughs> is it really the timeline podcast anymore? Thought we've gotten away from that. We're a time loop podcast now. Oh. <clears throat> um, but he gives Eli some gift baskets and says, no, they're from seniors who think that they can uh, give me these baskets in order to get like a good recommendation into college. Mm-hmm. But I donate them. And I got to say, because these gift baskets have like luxurious fruits. It's got caviar. Papayas. Papayas. All sorts of stuff. Toblerone. Toblerone. Which I really want right now. Mm-hmm. Toblerone's delicious. That's the thing I didn't write down that was in there. Love me some Toblerone. Yeah. It's so good. If you guys want to send us Toblerone, do it. Yeah. If we ever have that live show, we will have <laughs> the Allen Big Sandwiches, the Cheese Whiz and Lucky Charm Sandwiches, and Toblerone. And Toblerone. But I'm this, this is what I'm thinking. Okay. If these high school seniors are have enough money to buy these baskets with things like caviar in them, they shouldn't be worried about whether or not they get into college. See, okay. I didn't want to I didn't want to approach this this quickly, but I think we've got to. I mean, it's the first scene. It's well, it's true. I, I kind of meant a later episode. This is part of that kind of mid to late 90s early 2000s myth about college Mm -hmm. like this whole like oh all colleges are so hard to get into like oh you've got to do great on your sats you got to take them like a thousand times you're not going to be successful if you don't go to college yeah and it was really a quite the brainwashing that they did big time one most colleges will take you if you've got the money like, mm-hmm. And if you're buying caviar to try to bribe your principal, I don't think you really have to worry. Yeah, like, even Sean, which, again, as a Sean, like, it's harder for us to go to college. But even us, it's not that difficult to get into college. Mm-hmm. Like, you basically have to pass a test. Like, I don't know. It, it, and even just, then, like, I feel like people who are older go to college and do you take the same entrance kind of stuff? Like when I did grad school, like when I started grad school, I didn't have to take any like extra tests or anything to do that. I just applied. Yeah. 
And that was it. I paid like an application fee, like 50 bucks or something. Well, because you're literally just giving them money. Of course they want you. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, there are certain schools that like pride themselves on their acceptance rates and stuff. But come on. Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. Um, there's been one of the movies I watched recently. And by recently, I mean several months ago. <laughs> Was that Sabrina Carpenter movie? Um, it's some kind of dancing movie. Oh, I was it on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it, but I know of it. I just watched it because of the Boy Meets World connection. I thought it'd be interesting to talk about. It wasn't interesting enough to talk about, but... Cool. Um, like, the whole premise is like, oh, it's so hard to get into Duke. Being the smartest girl with all the extracurriculars and, like, and being this isn't good enough to get me into Duke. And it's like, shut up. It's just <laughs> Duke. Anything, just shut up. Like, uh-huh. and I think there are certain schools again where that is tougher to get into, like the whole Gilmore Girls, like getting into Harvard or Yale. Like, those are probably more prestigious institutions that are a lot more competitive to be able probably. to get into. But like, not where they're looking to go. Yeah, not really. Not, not most colleges. Uh huh. It's like if you can come and you can pay for it. Yeah. Come on. I mean, and we will entice you with life crippling and destroying loans that will allow you to pay for it so just come yeah i don't know i just think it's ridiculous like every year colleges are always like we had the highest acceptance rate of our whole existence blah 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 i just think this whole thing is ridiculous the i mean all the sat stuff that's going to come up here at the end of this season and in future seasons i think it's stupid and ridiculous Mm -hmm. and it starts here yeah I mean, it kind of started last season with the SATs. But especially right now, I'm just like, I need that extra edge to get me into a good school. And or in Eric's case, into a school at all. Bribing your teachers for college recommendations. All of this is such BS. This is not how any of this works. Yeah. I don't think I had to have any recommendations for school. No. I actually did get uh, the principal of the school I ended up graduating from to give me a recommendation because I thought I needed one. Didn't know where to send it. Didn't know what to do with it. Didn't do anything with it. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, they did it for you. They did. That's nice. Um, But Feeney's saying he he donates them. He does not give them to anyone and then eric comes up and is kind of talking to him like man can you believe it people trying to do that mm-hmm. mr feeney um trying to bribe you is the furthest thing from my mind and he's like right there with next to your schoolwork yes ah uh, right there next to your schoolwork i tried to do an accident but i don't <laughs> know was, what it was that was all right um uh, i have a note okay What's in your ideal gift basket? Build it. Let's build it now. So let's build our ideal gift baskets. Um, it's just a basket of cash. Oh, then why even a basket? It's <laughs> just it's just a big burlap sack with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> okay, I, I mean that's definitely a way to go. What if it can't be cash? Gift cards. <laughs> a giant check brought to my door by Publishers Clearinghouse. Ideal gift basket. Well, they'll sit on your richly um, upholstered sofa. Let's see. Probably some, some chocolate-covered pretzels. Ooh, that's a good thing. Uh, I mean, Toblerone. It's just right there. Toblerone. Definitely not caviar. Mm. Maybe a variety of interesting jerkies. Ooh. Maybe a Nintendo gift shop or eShop gift card. Oh. I want one gift card. Yeah. It's okay. my ideal basket. But yeah. it's like a good... It's like $50 or something. 50 Well, it's $60. You gotta get a game out of it. That's true. Um, Some Dr. Peppers. Oh. It's a heavy basket. It's a good basket. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Um, what else? What else? What else? That's probably it. Okay. That seems like enough. I, mean, that's I don't want to be too greedy with my bag of cash. And then and inside it is a little bag of cash. <laughs> inside? Like ones. Just some ones. Okay. Just some... some. I, was, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, just some uh, vending machine money. Uh-huh. Okay. Gotcha. Were you about to say strip club money, James? <laughs> that was the first thing I thought about when you said a bag of ones. <laughs> Some strip club money. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, my ideal gift basket is made by Suki St. James. Oh, yeah. And it is a... Uh, the whole basket is um, a pretzel with a goat cheese filling, uh, just like she makes for the picnic basket episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it is filled with uh, kiwi and mango and pineapple. Uh, oh, very that's delightful. Very citrusy. Um, I think I need some Toblerone as well. You do. Um, maybe a, a few uh, artisan rums here and there. Okay. 
uh, some rare rums that I may not have had the chance to try. A uh, couple of those. I got um, one from Pirates of the Caribbean. Which one? I don't know. They just seem to talk about rum a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a Caribbean drink. Caribbean, Caribbean drink? Caribbean? I don't know. It's it's really going to be fine. Either way. Um, I like the Nintendo uh, eShop, eShop gift card. Um, maybe just the Black Friday Nintendo Switch extended battery life that comes preloaded with Mario Kart 8. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, just throw that in there. Um, yeah, a lot of citrus, um, some very specific sweets. I'm more of a gummy snack person, but man, do I love Toblerone. Mm, gummy snacks are good. I am much more of a gummy bears, gummy lifesavers. Um, and a great big jar of cookie butter. Oh, cookie butter, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, also just, you know, a, a tub of homemade cookie dough. I'm good, I'm down. Oh yeah. All right, there's our gift baskets. If you're looking for a gift, we're really easy to buy for. <laughs> um, I don't think you gift your podcast hosts to podcasts you listen to. If you are supposed to, I have not been. <laughs> this is yeah. embarrassing. I guess we could get a P.O. box and no one would, and send, no one would send anything, so we don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Um, anyway. I'm not going to pay for a P.O. box. Is a P.O. box expensive? Actually, I don't know. Do you pay for one? I would assume you have to. I don't know. If you know how to get a P.O. box, tweet at us. I'm sure we could Google it. Then I said the, Google really forcefully. Yeah, I'm Google sure we, it. I'm sure we could Google it, Chance. <laughs> um, anyway, there's our gift basket discussion. Yeah, gift basket What's your favorite gift? Not favorite, but ideal gift basket. Yeah, what's, what's in it? Give us five items. What's yeah, in yours? Tweet it at us or email us. Yeah. At bgworldfever at gmail.com or bgworldfever at Twitter. At BG World Fever. At BG World Fever on Twitter.com. <laughs> Prepositions are important. Uh, all right. Um, um, I also have a note. I want a Toblerone. Of course. Of course you do. And then, so that's where those storylines kind of inter- intersect. Um, so we know Eric is interested in college. I guess it doesn't happen right away that he meets with Griff. Right. Um, it's like kind of a scene in between. But as Feeney goes off, Eric goes to Griff. And Griff has something for him, and it's letterhead, mm-hmm. like Feeney's letterhead. Yeah, it's Feeney's stationery. Yeah, yeah, his stationery that has like his all his stuff at the top, and so it fell off a truck. But he still needs a Feeney mm-hmm. envelope. Yeah, so this is just really, like, this scene is just really funny. Like, Frankie is really funny. Yes, and Frankie it, is like, very funny. Can I pat him down? It's like no. And he's like, can I pat him down now? And he's no. like, fine. Yeah, uh, Joey and Frankie are great in this episode. Mm-hmm. Just in general. Big time. Um, we'll talk about that a little more later. But yeah, so this is really strange. Because for the first while in this episode, every scene is setting up another plot. Mm-hmm. Which is just jarring. Because you have that first scene with the baskets. And then that transitions into the scene in the classroom to set up, set up the Sean conflict. Which transitions to the Eric plot that sets off the Joey and Frankie conflict mm-hmm. and we still have to carry over a conflict we didn't even know was being set up in that first With Eli and yeah, yeah if, if there was going to be any that were cut I feel like that's the one but Eli I feel like Amy. the episode does a really good job of pacing like there's a lot going on but even as I was thinking I'm like are there three I couldn't really count how many different plots there were like it took me a second to like really split them all apart because I feel like they do a good job I think of kind of weaving them together they're yeah. not really related I kind of thought the opposite. I was like, there is far too much going on here, and it is all far too random. Oh, like, I really enjoyed it. I, if any plot gets cut, I think it should be the Eric one, because the Eric one is so nothing. It's funny. It's way funnier than your kids want to record your voice. Well, it is. I, I'm saying that one would be the second one to get cut. but Well, of course, because the other two are wonderful. Yes, but the Eric... I mean, the Eric plot we can really cover in two scenes. He gets mm-hmm. the stationery... And then he's like, oh, I also need a Feeney envelope. And Griff, like, flips open a book. Actually, Frankie does. Yeah, Frankie does. They check it. Tuesday. 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 And they decide to meet on Tuesday. (laughs) Uh And then later on. Then we cut to the house, and Eric has a typewriter, and he's typing the letter. Yeah. See, and this is why I think this can be cut. Because this scene, while very funny, is so out of nowhere. It involves no one else in this episode whatsoever. Like, Eric faces no repercussions. He learns no lesson. It's just it's a Philly a, shenanigan. It's a thing that happens. Um, and it's, it's a funny thing that happens, mm-hmm. for sure. I even have it written down. Uh, Eric's letter is very funny. Uh, Eric, and in conclusion, Eric Matthews is really, really, really smart. 
really, really, really dedicated. Dedicated, really, really good for your school. Yeah. Would I, George Millhouse Feeney, be writing this? <laughs> if I didn't her? really, really, really believe that. Yeah. Or he's like, signs it, George Millhouse Feeney, Princip, Princip, Head Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alan comes down and he's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, writing a paper. Writing a paper. On- on the typewriter, he's like, yeah, well, it was about the Amish, so it just felt wrong to, to use, use the, the computer. computer. And then he wants to read, and he's like, you know the Amish, they're very private people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Amy comes down, and she's like, you're using the typewriter? Eric, did you put a waffle in the computer again? It was one time, and I was 15. Let, let it die. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wonderful. Just a wonderful little thing. And then Amy sees the paper when Eric's not right there and she pulls it out and Alan is reading it. Mm-hmm. And it's the really, really, really... And he just rips it in half. Yep, he just rips it in half. And that's the end of it. And that that's it. That's the entire Eric plot. I don't... Sure. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with anything. I like it. Um, um, and then the other plot... That we can just chuck just right out of here. get out of here. It is um, Eli after some other setup scenes of the other plots comes and he's like, the kids are doing like a media project and they need someone to do narrating and Feeney's like, okay, whatever. And then yeah. like they thought you could do it. And he's like, oh, really? Well, I wouldn't want to disappoint the children. Um, and then he kind of gets a big head about it and he's like, here's the script. And he just starts like marking it up. Like, you're not married to any of this, are you? And he's like going off and yeah. making changes. They're making practice PSAs, I uh-huh. guess. Because sure. that's what you do. Um, and then the final scene of this is just... Um, Eli catches up, or Feeney's like, man, I had so much fun doing it. It was just really great and fun. To help the kids. Yes. But he wants a copy. Mm -hmm. But then Eli tells him that they went a different direction, um, him instead. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure there would be other opportunities in the future. And Feeney's like, keep your pity, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Then walks off. Yeah. So not a whole lot there. Nope, not a whole lot there. Less than the Eric one. They could have done another Eric scene and made it something. I don't. I, I think they're fairly comparable in just the nothingness. No, I think there's more in the Eric scene. I think uh, you're wrong here. I, th- I will agree with you that it's funny, but there's just nothing there. The, the Eric scene in the in the kitchen involves no one else in this episode. Chance, when in your life does everything perfectly work out together? Well, lot, never. Lots of episodes of the show actually. No, in your life. <laughs> Your life. Um, so, yeah, these two plots are pretty much nothing. Um, the gem plot of this episode, which is also, in my opinion, treated pretty nothingly, but I think is good, is the Frankie, Joey, Griffin, Harley plot. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's we're best served talking about that and then talking about the Sean yeah, story. Because the Sean story is the... It's the main one, but I don't feel like it's really... This one almost feels longer. The bully story. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but... The I mean the main emotional plot is is the Sean for sure, and it's a continuation of Sean's mm-hmm. story that was started at the end of season two. Yeah, um, but yeah, so at the end of the whole uh, Eric scene, Joey comes running up, and he's like, "Frankie, Frankie, I just got a message from," and then Griff's there, and he's like, "Who did he say? No one." Yeah, no one. Why would he think that? And mm-hmm. Griff just walks away, going like, "You make me think of the phrase small doses." Yeah. And walks away. Which, come on, Griff. Come on. He's not a nice guy. I guess not, but... Actually, we kind of determined he seemed like a nice guy. He just likes to do things his own way. Yeah, I don't know. Guess he's back in school again. They didn't graduate him. They didn't graduate him. He's a senior again. Um, so again, another legal adult, just like Harley. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and then... Griff walks away, and Frank and Joey talk about how Harley is going to break out of... Reform school. Reform school. With the laundry. Also interesting, this is like 95? It all started in 93, right? So season one would have been 93, 94. And then more is 95. Yeah. And Joey's talking about how he's surfing the internet, verbally pounding people. Mm-hmm. So being a cyber bully. But still, it's like very early internet, I feel like. Joey maybe is the archetype of all internet trolls, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I could see it. Um, He was the first. He was the first internet troll. I can Mm -hmm. believe that. But he found out on some message message boards that Harley Kinder was breaking out. Mm -hmm. He could tell because the username, which was Harl Kine. Harl Kine. (laughs) But then er, Frankie's all like, Our Harley, reform school graduate, I am brimming with pride. Yeah, and Joey's like, no, he's breaking out. Yeah. And he's like, 
Well, our new leader can meet our old leader, and they will... Oh. (laughs) Um, So they kind of have the realization that um, Harley's probably going to... They're going to, like, have a territorial fight for Frankie and Joey. Mm -hmm. So they get nervous about that. Um, So they tip off the reform school that Harley's breaking out. Mm -hmm. But it turns out he broke out a week early. Yeah. It's the next day, and who Mm -hmm. should show up but... Harley, Harley Kiner. Um, and he's there talking with them. Um, and this is before Griff shows up. Or before they confess to him, I think. Um, <laughs> Corey's back, walking backwards out of class like, yeah, there's no way that greaseball Harley Kiner mm-hmm. is going to be back. I'm not scared. And then Harley's right behind him and like... Grabs those pressure points on the back here. And, and like, like turns his head and he's like, and here's my wallet. Or yeah. No, he's like, I have a better chance of seeing the Loch Ness Monster than I do of seeing Harley Kiner again. Yeah, and then he turns around and here I am in Scotland. <laughs> and here I am in Scotland. <laughs> and then he gives him his wallet and like runs, runs off. Away. And then the best part, I think, of the whole episode is Harley Kiner looks directly at the camera and smiles and says, I still got it. Yeah, and he does... Dan McNulty is really good as, like, not missing a step for uh-huh. basically being gone for a long time at this point. Mm-hmm. And he, he gives that, like, self-satisfied Harley, like, smile that you kind of get to know uh, throughout season two. He's like, I still got it. Still got it. But the camera look. Yeah, the camera look and the smile. It's just like the show does a good job of, like, not breaking that wall. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, still got it. Then Griff pages Joey and Frankie, and it comes out that they've got a new leader. Mm-hmm. He's just some leader that we met on the rebound. Yeah. He means nothing to us. Yeah. And uh, uh, Harley's like, well, maybe I should meet him at noon tomorrow. Maybe I can find out his blood type. Ooh. And Frankie, as Harley walks away. And you were worried. Where is Harley going? What is Harley going to do for 24 hours? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Why not just settle it here and now? I just, like, he walks off screen and Frank is like, you were worried. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, where is Harley going? What's he going to do? I mean, isn't he just increasing his chances of being found? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, the staff are very much aware of who he is. The staff is aware of who he is. Uh, Frankie and Joey are his only friends. Maybe he's going to see TK. I don't know. It is nice when he sees them and, like, the three of them. Yeah. He's like, my Kind boys. of an affectionate embrace. Yeah. Almost. Again, just their way they support each other, I think, is good. Yeah. Uh, maybe less in this episode. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, yeah, that's that part. And then we cut to, I mean, there's a lot that happens in the middle, but we go to the fight the next day. Um, Joey and Frankie are very nervous. Mm-hmm. Just like, maybe it won't happen. Yeah. The hallway's full, but then suddenly mm-hmm. uh, it cuts to the clock. Then it cuts back out, and the hallway is empty, yeah. except for the two of them. And they're like... Is it my imagination, or does a newspaper blow like a tumbleweed? It does. Well, the first, the locker door starts creaking, yeah. like... And then the newspaper blows like a tumbleweed, and then Joey's like, locker's creaking, paper's blowing in the wind, this is a bad sign. Yeah. And Harley comes, and he's like, here I am, punctual is my way, but I do not see the object of my despise. <laughs> and then Griff pops around the corner, let me guess, they sent you up for bad grammar? Um, and then we have the moment, Griff and Harley, face to face. Meeting for the first time. Meeting for the first time. Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, you know, Harley's doing that whole, like, I'm going to beat you up thing, and Griff's doing his whole smart aleck thing. Uh-huh. Then Harley's like, you know what, whatever. Like, boys, do them. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the whole thing is, is Griff is like, go ahead, like. Hit me. The sooner you do, the sooner Feeney finds out, and the sooner you're back. Which doesn't make any sense because he broke out, so he should go back anyway. anyway. But I guess he would just get caught sooner. They'd be like aware that he's there because all the teachers are oblivious to the fact that he's at school. But why wouldn't Griff just say, "Hey, Harley's here. He's going to be at the spot at twelve noon." Ah, who knows? Anyway, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's still good. The the, the triumphant moment is still good, mm-hmm. where uh, Harley's like, "Boys beat him up," and Joey's like, "You don't mean me. You mean Frankie, the enforcer." Uh-huh. I'm more the brains of the operation. Yeah, and Frankie's like, "I know what I got to do." He's like, "Griff, I quit. Harley, I quit. I'm not going to be a lackey no more." <laughs> and then um, Joey's just like, "Yeah, I'm not going to be a lackey either. Neither." Yeah. He says something like, he, he gives a speech. I wish I would have written it down or something. But he's like, I want to be my own man and do this and that. And he's like, I can't believe I just said that. And Frankie is like, I can. And it was beautiful. Then they hug. Yep. And then 
break their hook apart. Yeah. They're kind of like... Yeah, that kind of whole, like, no homo thing that they did in the 90s. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> there is a really funny scene right before the whole... I'm gonna punt, like beat you up, and before he asks Frankie to do it, um, right, right when they first meet, Joey is like, "All right, well, I guess the fight's over. Who wants Chinese?" <laughs> and then they make no mention of it, but Frankie's like standing right behind yeah. Joey with his hand raised. <laughs> yeah, Frankie's like hiding behind. It's Joey just with really his hand funny. Raised. And then um, Griff's just like, "We have nothing to fight about anymore." Mm-hmm. So he walks off, mm. and then Corey comes out of the classroom again. Mm. Harley says his thing first. Oh, like, you're going to have to... Yeah, he's like... You've got showing some backbone. backbone some chutzpah. Uh-huh. It's like, it's going to it's gonna take be a lot to beat, beat it out of you. Yeah. Um, but then Corey walks out, and he's yeah. like, that greaseball Harley kinder, but here's the thing. I gave him a fake wallet. I can't wait he, to see the look on his face when he finds out. And then mirrors that scene where he turns his head, and he's like, it would look like this. But perturbed. Yeah. And then that's that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. That we cut away from there. That's that scene. Um, and then the final plot line, which probably has the m- most meat on it, um, though not nearly as triumphant of an ending. Um, and funny. Yeah, it's not super funny. Is uh, when Feeney goes into the classroom at the very beginning. At the very beginning, baskets. He sees Corey, who has a papaya. Mm-hmm. Now, this scene confuses me a little bit because Corey is just sitting in this seat with a papaya. So you would assume it's early in the day, like, and he brought this papaya for lunch, something of that nature. But uh, Feeney is there to deliver some news that Sean Hunter did not show up for class this morning, which, again, Turner doesn't know that. So he they haven't had Turner's class yet, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Corey, like, covers for Sean like he always does. He's like, oh, oh, that's my fault. I was supposed to tell you that Sean came down with a bad case of... Feeney's like, sloth? Yes, Hong Kong sloth. Hong Kong sloth. And uh, Turner's like, I gotta, I gotta nip this in the butt. So he leaves school. Uh-huh. Yeah, he just leaves school. <laughs> so apparently, it is the very end of the day, like because they leave school and they don't come back. Yeah, that we that we see. So I, I don't know. This whole scene was just very strange to me as someone who's like trying to pay attention for timeline purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the day is it's really weird. Also, it's really strange that when Feeney comes to talk to Turner, he refers to Sean as that hunter boy. He says that hunter boy missed a history test. Oh, um, yeah. He's like, what? Like, you've known Sean, like, years. Like, literally. Literal yeah. years. Why are you calling him that that hunter boy? Yeah. It's like, you know who he is. Yeah. Feeney. So Turner goes to the apartment, uh, confronts Sean... Like, and Sean, in reference to our last week's episode, which was not intentional, Sean's like, oh, I can't go to school tomorrow. My people are celebrating. Well, he said, yeah, to, yeah. his people uh, are celebrating an important holiday. His people are. <laughs> I didn't even mean to make that. I really thought that that's what you were referencing, actually, by <laughs> you can't even say my people, my people. No, I just, I, it must have been a subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. Says his people are celebrating an important holiday. And he's like, well, what is, what's the name of your people? That's what we're staying home to find out. Yeah, we're, we're staying home to figure it out. out. No, I was not directly referencing that in last week's episode. Um, just kind of a happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense that he got to just leave. But then Turner says, tomorrow you're going to meet with a guidance counselor. Yep. Um, so we kind of have the setup there that Sean's going to, like, having some trouble in school, as in he's not attending, and so he's going to go get some help, presumably, mm-hmm. from the guidance counselor. Yep. And then a week and a day after they hire a new media arts teacher, they're yeah, now hiring a new guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. This is not how schools work, to my knowledge. No, you you wouldn't think. You would have, <laughs> you try to be fully staffed by the start of the year and kind of, yeah. And I, I mean, I teach in elementary school, so it's like we had a fourth grade teacher quit right at the start of this year because it's like an insane year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of switched where they were going to be teaching to do more online focused stuff. But instead of like, oh, it's two weeks before school starts, let's scramble to find someone. It was like, well, a lot of students aren't coming back because of COVID. So we're just going to have three fourth grade teachers instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and their classes still aren't super big. That's good. But, uh, you know, it's like you just kind of adjust <laughs> and um, not like we're going to hire a teacher in the middle of the year and then a counselor yeah. right after that. Yeah, it's real weird, but uh, Sean's like, you couldn't have come up with something better than Hong Kong sloth. It's like, well, Feeney gave me the sloth, but I had the Hong Kong part. Yeah, and then Sean's like, I am not 
going to take advice from some milk toast. He Leisure milk suit toast. wearing, yeah. bald headed. And then this whatever. hot woman comes up. I, I, mm-hmm. Hot in context. I don't yeah. Know. I mean. She's young. Yeah. And then Sean's just like, hi, Sean Hunter, guide me. Yeah. My, I'm Sean Hunter, guide me. Um, I looked up the actress who played this character and she's not really in much of anything else. I, I had never seen her in anything. Yeah. I'm just like. I'm like, is she in other stuff? But she's not really. I swear that this episode was meant to be a two-parter. Like, I would almost swear it and at least have a subplot where Turner hits on this woman. I thought that at the very end. Yeah, I was like, well, I just feel like the reason there's so much packed into this is because it used to be two episodes. And, and they, they kind of like, squeezed it into one. Because I there's, there's just a few threads that I'm like... Man, this, like, the way they drop Eric's storyline and drop him from the episode so suddenly is just bizarre. Like, he doesn't like getting any trouble at school. Yeah. Like, taking stuff from Mr. Feeney. That, that whole scene is really bizarre. There's like two scenes with Turner and this guidance counselor that just kind of go nowhere. Mm-hmm. The whole Eli Feeney thing is really random. Like, I just feel like. There was a two-parter here. No, I mean, I, I still really liked it. Um, I enjoyed the overall episode. I thought it was really good. That's good. We're not even there yet. We're not so. there yet. I'm just saying. I'm like, just telling you. Back off. I'm just saying there's weird stuff in this episode. Uh-huh. And her whole existence is part of it. Because she wasn't like a guest cast like TK was or like a recurring character like Wendy was. Mm-hmm. Or even like Eli. Yeah, she's just kind of like... There for a couple scenes. There for a couple of scenes, and it seems like those scenes maybe were meant to be longer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so... She's talking with Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, you just need to tell me how school is important. Education is the key to a successful mm-hmm. future. And she's like, is that what I'm supposed to tell you? Uh-huh. Um, so she's she's in on it with us. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I do think education is important. Oh, sure, yeah. But I think also that... Trying to think of how to say it. That's a big long pause. Um, we can cut that. That's out. a really cheap thing to say, mm-hmm. just because the school system nationally is incredibly inequitable mm-hmm. and incredibly unequal. And so when we think of education as like this great equalizer and the key to success for every single person, it's not because it's the the way the education system is built. It isn't Mm -hmm. that way and like people aren't all receiving the same education and it really is this again like a very capitalist notion of like which kids are worth our investment Mm -hmm. and it's not like inner city kids and it's not kids like sean um it's wealthier kids who are going to go on to be ceos and create a greater like return on their investment Mm -hmm. that they received in school and that's just like gross to think like people are these capitalist Pawns. Always remember what Final Fantasy Tactics taught us, Cameron. If a punishment for a crime is uh, fine, then it's only a punishment for the lower class. Mm-hmm. I saw that today. You saw that today? Yeah, somebody we... tweeted it. Oh, I thought I thought you played Final Fantasy Tactics today. I mean, no, not today. I, I somebody tweeted that literally that exact line, and I think I retweeted it. Did you? I believe so. Let's just check. I, I, I think about that line often. No, but I did like it. Okay. I yep, there it is. If the penalty for a crime is a fine, then that law only exists for the lower class. And that's a wolf... Wolfram? Wolf... I don't remember. There's a lot of wolf characters. Guard. Wolf guard? That's what I was going to say. Something. It's W-U-L-F. Final Fantasy Tactics, by the way, is super dope fresh. It is. To this day. It is. We're like over 20 years later. Yeah. It is an incredible game and an incredible commentary on, like, class struggles. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this guidance counselor is kind of sort of in on it. Mm-hmm. But again, if it's like, well, I took a year off between school and I went to Europe and did all of this stuff. Like, that's coming from a big position of privilege as well. It is. It's definitely coming from a big position of privilege. But it's also a good point that, like, living life and knowing what you want to do before you go to college is probably smart. Much smarter than just going to college and trying yeah. to figure it out there because that's expensive. I think there's the myth of momentum. Like, if you take a year off, you'll lose momentum and you will never go back. It's like, no. What is that based on? Like, But it's still, like, kids... Like Sean, mm-hmm. or like a lot of kids that our education system fails, they either, I mean, they don't go to college, or if they don't, yeah, if they don't, it's because like they're working, or there's a million other bigger problems to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where like a lot of kids just drop out because they realize that the system's rigged against them and yeah um like they're not going to benefit from it so why bother well and you know getting to college doesn't guarantee you a great job mm-hmm. like and it does guarantee especially a kid like sean a fair amount of debt and maybe a fair amount of debt that he doesn't know how he wants he doesn't know what he wants to do everyone's telling him he has to go to college like you know education is the key to a happy future but at the end of the day like if he goes to college he's going to take some gen eds pick a major that he's not really interested in because he feels like he has to and then he's either going to drop out or graduate with a degree he doesn't want to use or could even use yeah so i don't know the whole thing we've ranted on it enough but the whole thing is just trash. Have we, though? I mean, we're going to come back to it time and time again. We really are. Oh, man. Oh, man. Season 5, when the whole photography thing happens. I know I'm breaking our rule, but we're going to talk. Yeah. We are going to Whew. talk Plus about Plus all the it. Eric, like, after this season. Season 4, Eric. Yeah. Big time. is like, hardcore dealing with this topic. Yeah. Um, this is just a, a pre-taste. Uh, guys, there's, there's more talks like this to come. But anyway... Um, and she basically is like, yeah, I took a year off and Sean doesn't really hear anything else. She says just the take a year off and go to Paris. Or just Europe. Uh, y- yes. Go to Europe. <laughs> Paris is, uh, Europe's a big town. There's tons of stuff. <laughs> to tons do. of stuff to do. Um, that's later, but. But here we are. I just thought about it. Um, and then the next scene is Chubby's. Uh, yeah. Strangely that Corey's sleeping in a booth in Chubby's and he's like, Sean, why did you wake me up at 5 a.m. to like meet you here? Well, why is Chubby's open? Why is Chubby's time? open? Do do Corey and Sean have keys? I mean, it's dark. There's a person in the back. Like I saw a person in the back. Look, like they were cleaning. Oh, but still, like what? Well, it could be a twenty-four hour diner. I don't. Doesn't I, a burger place? It's known as a burger place. I don't feel like it's like known as a diner. Yeah, and it, the lights are all out, which is kind of odd. Yeah, it's just like why are they in there? They just needed a a set. But you are missing the no clown no. Oh, yes. One of the most important plot points. (laughs) Yes, it ties in with the Eric plot (laughs) in just a moment. I guess kind of. In in that scene, that particular Eric scene. Um, Um, No clown no. Yes, Sean wakes up Corey and Corey's like, no clown no. Having some sort of horrible nightmare. And Sean's like, I'm taking off. I've never been so sure of anything. I've never been so ready for anything. Like, I'm going I'm going to Europe. Uh, do you have a few bucks? Yes, like, I've never been more excited or ready for anything in my life. You got a few bucks? Yeah. Um, and Corey's like, no. And Corey's just confused the whole scene. Um, I, I do have a note. This is the most likable Corey has been all season. Yeah. Because <laughs> every scene Corey's in is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, the papaya stuff, he's trying to cover for his friend. And then it's like, no. But like, I think we see good friend Corey here not selfish Corey he's kind of has a dilemma of like how do I help my friend Mm -hmm. but it's not super weighty it's not like the whole episode is him trying to decide what do I do yeah he he... because I feel like they've done that before oh absolutely they've done that before and he, he's just likable in every scene. He's like, I gotta help my friend. I gotta do, like... There's a scary clown There's a scary in clown. my dreams. Um, <laughs> the whole... Uh, the stuff with Harley. This is very good Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and the next scene is Corey getting home to his parents right after the Eric scene. And um, being like can't believe he would do this to me again i can't believe it and alan's like he who would do what to you and he goes i didn't said i didn't want to talk about it (laughs) no you didn't well i don't want to talk about it there pretty sure i said it that time (laughs) (laughs) which is good Uh it's very funny and um they're like well what are you gonna do and he's like i know what i'm gonna do and it's all your fault you had to go and raise me right yeah and he storms off and eric's final moment of the entire episode I'm going to go out on a limb and say something's bothering him. (laughs) Yeah. Just really funny. And Um, uh, he goes to Turner. Yeah. Or when he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Um, His mom is like, clowns? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Is it the clowns again? (laughs) And he's like, yep, same dream. So apparently Corey has a recurring recurring nightmare about circus clowns. Which I got to say, they're creepy. They are creepy. They are creepy. And media has made them even creepier. Mm -hmm. A few years ago when there was a literal killer clowns. On the loose. They weren't. Certainly didn't were, help. None of them were actually killer Literal clowns. attempted killer clowns. I thought all they were doing was like standing places and scaring people. That's too much. You ever died of a heart attack? <laughs> Me neither, but it could happen. I'm pretty sure if I ever saw just like a creepy clown, I would just be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I don't know what I would do. <laughs> um, anyway, 
So Corey goes to school and he's like, he tells Turner everything. Mm-hmm. So then he's like, well, he talked to the guidance counselor, so I'm going to go talk to her and see what she said. And he's like, thanks, Matthews. You did the right thing. And he's like, I know. I'm cursed. <laughs> no, he's not. He never does the right thing. Corey's constantly making mistakes and doing the wrong thing. Yes, that's all, all very true. I said I did it because I was scared. Of me? Of me? <laughs> you and your of me. It's, it was just so point. bad. It's true. Of me? You were scared of me? Um, Is this Christian Bale Batman right now? <laughs> of me? Swear to me. Where's Rachel? <laughs> Where's Rachel? Now there are two of us. I'm not wearing hockey pads. Stop this. Of me? Why are you doing I'm this? I'm cursed. <laughs> You've got to stop this. You've got to stop. <laughs> there There's a clown go. on the loose. Yep, that's tormenting Corey Matthews. Got to stop the Joker. And I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> What's the difference between you and me? I'm not wearing hockey pants. I don't know if anybody else appreciated that. But I did. We did. We did. Um, I guess I could do Bane voices. No. <laughs> Please don't. Um, so yeah, then... We you get... merely adopted the dark. I was born into it. You told me not Molded to. by it. By the time I first saw the light... I was blinding. Then he punches him. It's good. It is. It's very good. Bane doesn't appreciate the current state of our public education system either. No. Mm. Bane was right. <laughs> Hashtag Bane was right. <laughs> um, sure. Okay. Any more uh, Bane quotes? The. Uh, no. No, uh, I think I. I wonder think... what'll break first: your mind or your body? It will be very painful <laughs> for you. <laughs> I wonder what would break first, your mind or your body? Definitely the body. <laughs> um, this is now a Bane Quotes podcast. That's what a lovely now. singing voice. What a lovely singing voice. What's the... Someone says something... Oh, gosh. I don't remember it. It's fine. I'm just a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I actually got it. Now we're on Joker. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess we should do a Ra's al Ghul from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, this time we used economics. Economics. <laughs> you've sacrificed. Uh, you've sacrificed sure footing for a glancing blow. Smack the ice. <laughs> Be mindful of your surroundings. Uh, so anyway, uh, Batman Begins starts <laughs> with, uh, as all Batman movies must start, with a gunshot in an alley. I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, back to Turner confronting the counselor. <laughs> he's dressed as... We forgot to mention he's dressed as Batman, which is where this all came from. Um, <laughs> uh, sure, let's go with that. And Turner's like, what did you tell him? And she's like, hey, like... I only met with him for 30 minutes. He's lived with you for four months. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he ran away? Yeah. And she's like, oh, that was good. <laughs> oh, that was good. And... Um, Turner takes off from school again, which this time a missing kid, much more understandable. Uh-huh. And it, it's not the middle of school. It's like before school starts. Yeah. And, um, oh, he does say, she does say, I guess I did mention my year off in Europe. And he goes, you said that? So, and then uh, the next scene is at a bus station. Uh-huh. And he's like, a homeless guy when I thought Feeney's at uh, a basket. Uh-huh. He's like, hey, he gives, the, he gives Sean like a, mango or something he's like hey thank you hey don't thank me thank george feeney <laughs> there's teeth in this basket oh, oh those are mine, mine. <laughs> yeah it's a happy homeless man with one of feeney's baskets uh-huh. and uh that's not how homeless shelters give out things but whatever mm-hmm. they wouldn't just give out a gift basket um anyway uh turner comes in and sean's like how'd you find me he's like sean hunter europe bus <laughs> It's like I got it. It says right here. One, it's a one-way ticket to Paris. It's like Paris, Texas. Oh, I thought the TX meant tax, <laughs> which is a very funny uh, line. And he's like, John, I don't, I don't belong in high school. I need to go to Europe. I need to see this thing and see that thing and chase the bulls. You don't chase the bulls. They chase you. Well, well, then I won't chase the bulls. There's Europe's a big town. I'm sure there's tons of cool stuff I can do. <laughs> 
Which is the line I said earlier. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, I'm going to Europe. No, you're going to Texas. Yeah. And I'm not sure what Turner's winning argument here is. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not sure, like, I don't know how much, if we want to spend time on this. I don't, I'm not sure what Sean's running from. is here. Yeah. Is he just like overwhelmed by school? It doesn't really seem that way. It seems like he's just lazy, but and it's trying to paint the picture that maybe there's like a deeper reasoning to his laziness because he doesn't see the point in it. Mm -hmm. But then if that's true, then Turner doesn't really address that point. So I'm not, I mean, it makes sense that Sean's unhappy, so he wants to run. That makes perfect sense. You're just looking for an excuse. Maybe he's just looking for an excuse. Maybe they're trying to get across an idea that Sean is running before he gets kicked out. I don't really but know. That's not really the, the feel. No. But it's like, I need to figure out who I am. Because like that's what he's talking with uh, Corey about. And it's like, great, we're back on identity again. But I feel like this is better than any identity episode. Before. Before, yeah. other than maybe the radio one. Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely more realistic because it's not as on the nose. But again, any... Like, when she says that whole, like, he's lived with you for four months. Why do you think he ran away? You're definitely, like, it's implying there's a deeper reasoning here. Mm -hmm. But then when you think about all those deeper reasonings, it doesn't really seem like Turner addresses any of those. Yeah, he's just like, if you want to go to Europe, we'll go next summer together. Yeah, he, like, well, and he's very stern with him. And he's like, stop, you're not getting on that bus. Maybe it's, like, just Sean just needed him to be a parent so he can be a kid. Maybe. It doesn't really give us the reason for why it works or what's happening here. Yeah, the whole thing, like I said, I think it just needed more time mm -hmm. to develop. Yeah, if there were like less other plot lines. Less other plot lines or, again, a second part of this episode or something. Um, but anyway, and then they show back up at, oh, he gives the ticket to the homeless man. And the homeless like, man All like, right, I'm going to Europe. Yeah, um, and then... That's the end, and then we get the little tag at the end. Yeah, the little tag. So Corey's laying on the couch, talking about like his dilemma. He's laying on the couch with the counselor, laying, talking about his dilemma with Sean, and like yeah. trying to help him out. And he's like, treating the counselor like a psychiatrist. Yeah, and he's like, I keep having these dreams, it's these circus dreams, and Harley Kiner's back, and I'm running out of wallets. Yeah, she's just like, this isn't really the kind of counseling that I do. Yeah, but if you want to come talk about colleges. Mm -hmm. Which, again, not what she talked about with Sean, but that's fine. And then they come back and she's like, Sean, let me, tell me what you think I said next time. And he's huh? like, <laughs> he's like, huh? And Turner, without addressing his confusion, is like, or you can always talk to me. Yeah. But we get that wonderful through line of Sean not really hearing adults. Yes, that wonderful. Huh? And then uh, Corey and Sean go out, and Sean's like, I'm not mad at you, Corey. And he's like, good. And I'm not apologizing. I'm sick of covering up your messes. And Sean's like, I guess I missed a biology test today. No, I, w I went ahead and took it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why their teacher was allowing that to happen, but whatever. And that's the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. There it is. I really tried to reconcile these four plots in my head. I was like, is there a common theme? And really not. The Sean and Joey ones do, or jo Joey and uh, Frankie, do kind of have this shared theme of like finding yourself. Mm -hmm. Like knowing who you are a little bit. Knowing who you are. The others don't at all. They don't at all. And I, I really tried, and then I tried to think, like, is it different sides of trying to find yourself? Like, disappointment for Feeney, like, getting caught in a, in a lie for Eric. Like, is it kind of that through line? It doesn't work. There is no through line tying these four plots together. It no, is, I still enjoy it. It's four random things happening. Um, I enjoy the Frankie and Joey plot a lot, and there are parts of the Sean plot that I really enjoy. The rest of the episode I could have left on the cutting room floor. All right, so what'd you rate it then? Uh, I'm giving it a six. I don't think it was horrible. Um, I do think it was, I think it was watchable, but I think it was pretty uneventful. If they'd have had the two main plot lines plus Topanga, mm -hmm. it would have been really good. So I gave it an eight and a half. Eight Mostly because of the no Topanga. I had a good time. Wow. I mean, the triumphant Joey and Frankie thing really keeps me in it. Mm -hmm. That's a great part. And 
I like liking Corey for once. It is nice. Very refreshing. But that's like, the my six is hanging entirely on that, those two things. Mm-hmm. The rest of the episode just, it bombs pretty bad for oh, me. Oh, I like it. Um, I don't I don't know why the Eli plot is there. I don't know why the Eric plot is there. And again, I could not find the reasoning for the Sean plot. Yeah, there really wasn't. Um, I have got two MVPs. I think we have the same ones. Is it Corey and Joey? Oh, I said Frankie and Joey. Oh, uh, see, I I think I think just thought Joey was funnier. I normally am more of a Frankie fan, mm-hmm. but I he thought is Joey funny. Was... But I feel like there's just a, so much a unit in this episode. I think they are. But I just think Joey has more time to shine than Frankie. Taking future knowledge into account, which we're not supposed to do, Joey's not going to have much longer. Well, that's true. Frankie will have it. And this is a wonderful, like, who, let's, who wants Chinese? Yeah, the, the who wants Chinese, uh, his whole reaction after Frankie quits, uh-huh. I think is much funnier than Frankie's quitting. Like, I quit too. I ain't want to be a lackey neither. Yeah, and he's he has that, like, self-revelation. And then he's supportive. That's what you call an epiphany. Yeah, that's what you call an epiphany. And <laughs> it, it was beautiful. beautiful. I think they're they're great together, but we've said we can't give MVP to a unit. I was ready to I was ready to break that rule, but I can give it to Joey. <laughs> I think I think this is Joey's MVP. Joey the rat. Um, and I, I really did. I think Joey was great. I would say Corey or Joey. Um, I did find Corey very like. He was good for him. Good for about him. time. About probably won't happen again. Surely it will. I don't know when, but surely it will. Surely it will. Well, I named it Boy Meets Hong Kong Sloth. That's probably better. I was trying to think. I ended up with Boy Meets Paris, but Corey doesn't really meet Paris. Mm-hmm. Neither does Sean. Yeah. So Hong Kong Sloth. Also, it, it works for you because you feel like it's a lazy, lazily written episode. It's true. Like the writers came down with a case of Hong Kong Sloth. I don't know if it was lazily written. Maybe they thought they were going to have twenty-three episodes. This season, but the network came back right at this moment and was like, nope, you only have 22. Like, great, these two episodes. Slam them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, like, one episode was the Sean and Eric plot, and the other episode was the Harley and Eli plot or something. I just couldn't really see the Eli plot being more than it was. Well, there could have been more conflict there. I don't know. I just don't see how. But anyway, that's all for our show today so we want to say thank you to dizzy parker for the use of our theme song Uh, you should check out all of his other stuff the link to the youtube video that our song comes from is in the description of the episode Mm -hmm. and from there you can check out all of his other stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, so go do that uh, definitely yep uh we've got uh the hometown hero episode i forget what it's called Mm -hmm. next week it might be called hometown hero i think it is but i wasn't 100 percent sure about that yep so go ahead and watch that one Mm -hmm. it's another good one yeah, it, it, I think it'll be an interesting one to revisit, for sure. And I know for a fact Topanga is in it. It's true. Because um, of the locker. Yeah, we're about to hit kind of a string of fairly iconic episodes. Uh, I mean, I feel like all these episodes feel iconic to me just because I've watched them so much. It's true. I, I feel like the only really iconic episode this season so far has been the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're about to hit a string. I feel like Hometown Hero, uh, One's in Love with Corey. Ravon. Um, Ravon. The Last Temptation of Corey. Uh, that's what I meant to say. I don't know what I actually said. Once in Love with Corey. Once which is Once in Love, in love with Amy. Amy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Last Temptation of Corey. Um, yeah, I just feel like we're about to hit a string of fairly iconic episodes. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. The, uh, the Disney World episode. Yes, yeah, the New Year's party. Yeah. Well, the Disney episode at the very end. Mm. I forget that season three has like four season finales. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was looking at all the episodes the other day, and I'm like, man, I, th- I thought that was the season finale. Man, I thought that was the season finale. Man, I thought that was the season finale. And then the season finale's like... Yeah, pretty, eh? pretty like, I don't really care about this. Underrated. Not underrated. No, like... Overrated. Well, it's, not overrated. It's just, it's not anything. Yeah. It, it, it more focuses on something that I didn't know as a watcher I was supposed to care about. Because the show has never really cared about it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we'll, so get, we'll there. get there. Um, uh, we'll get there, but, yeah. So, we've got, we're have we about to hit a string of pretty iconic episodes. Almost all of which involve Topanga. Thank goodness. Yeah, so we are getting out of this uh, this rut. Yeah, we're in a funk. This Topanga-less rut. I mean, she was in last week's episode, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was the, the I Love You episode. Yeah, the I Love You episode, but... She wasn't really she, in the yeah. uh, one before that. Well, she wasn't in that one at all. Because yeah. we literally titled that. I wasn't really in it. It means it wasn't in it at all. 
Yeah. So, yeah, we're about to hit a string of iconic episodes, and that'll be really interesting. Um, tweet at us at BG World Fever. Um, tell me why I'm wrong for thinking this episode was fairly meh. Because he is. Uh, tweet at Cameron that he was blinded by his love for Frankie and Joey. And um, I am not. He rated it too high. Um, or tweet at us both and say, the median of your answers is the truth. Um, it's not. Seven and a half. Uh, too low. Email us at bgworldfever. Uh, at gmail.com. BG, yeah, at gmail.com. I thought I mixed up Twitter and See? Gmail because I'm See? Tired. You gave me a hard time. I did. Look at you. I did. It's mm. true. I, I gently corrected mm. you, mm-hmm. sir. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all we've got for today. So until next week. So long, world. So long, world. When the storm meets I'm not wearing hockey pants.